Hello folks, John F. Taylor here in the Reptile Living Room as your host. And uh, today's episode is brought to you by Herpeticulture House Easing, the number one and only digital reptiles magazine that concentrates on the content, not the advertisers. So please do check us out at herphousemag.com. Once again, it's herphousemag.com. In today's episode, we were talking with Sean Heflick from Python Hunters on the Nat Geo Wild uh, programming channel. And Sean's going to talk to us today about the uh, actual Python band, what we can do to fight against it, uh, how uh, reptiles in general are represented in the mass media, um, some of the media hype and things of that nature that go along with it, and uh, tell us how we can, like I said, fight against the Python ban. So, without further ado, here is Sean Heflick of Python Hunters from Nat Geo Wild. Today we're on the phone with uh, Sean Heflick of Python Hunters uh, from Nat Geo Wild. And, uh, Sean, so I'm sure you've already seen the news. Uh, you're in the news more than I am, so... <laughs> uh, the recent federal Python ban has gone through. Can you explain to our listeners a little bit about um, basically what the legalities are and what the actual ramifications of what has happened now? Yeah, from a legal standpoint, when when this is um, so-called ratified and actually goes in, which I believe uh, now is roughly around 60 days, um, you know, when it is actually written in, it will make it illegal to import yellow anaconda, Burmese pythons, and both the northern and southern African rock pythons into the United States. It will also make it a Lacey Act violation, a federal violation, to transport those animals across state lines. So if you have one of those animals as a pet, or you are a business owner, and you want to relocate from one state to another, and you take those animals with you, you will be committing a federal offense under the Lacey Act, and you will go to prison. Wow. Now, uh, just out of curiosity, do we know who's going to be enforcing this? Would this be uh, Fish and Wildlife Services that would be enforcing this? this? Yes, this is a federal... um, so, So basically what what the federal government has done, what U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has done, is they have now taken this out of the hands of the states. Right. And it has now become federal matter. So federal would enforce it. U.S. Fish and Wildlife um, Service would be, you know, the oversight, the the big brother, so to speak, that's taking care of the business. Um, And, you know, it... it, um, We've discussed this before. I, I gotta apologize. I'm a little frustrated about this uh, oh, situation, no, I and, and understand. I'm the same way. You know, and I'm a little hot about it because of all the work that we have done here in the state of Florida, which is the only state that is affected by these animals, right. and that is even the southern tip. Um, and you know, for the federal government to do this is really has me uh, has me shaking my head and wondering how many constitutional freedoms, how, how many more freedoms um, the government plans on snatching away, right. um, especially from pet owners. And what, what really bothers me about this, because in all honesty, I don't keep any of those animals anymore. I've had them over the years. I've got Burmese pythons now, but those uh, those are, you know, rescues that I usually get from the Florida Wildlife Commission. I've got to pick right. one up today, you know. Um, but uh, what it is... It is a slippery slope for the entire 
nation, every single person that owns a pet, I don't care whether you own a cat, a dog, a hamster, a goldfish, you know, a miniature pony, a pot, you know, a pot-bellied pig, you name it, if you've got it, including birds, parakeets, everything, right. this is a slippery slope because next could be your pets that are put on this list. And that may sound extreme, and that may sound nonsensical, but when you look into the background of how this happened, you yep. will see that the two biggest lobbying groups, PETA and HSUS, the Humane Society of the United States, right. which is neither, um, pushed this and spent millions of dollars to get this pushed through. And there, you know, Humane Society's bottom line, and so is PETA's. They make no bones about it. They would like to see every pet taken from every home in the world. Yeah, yeah, it's right on their websites as far as I know. That, uh, that's pretty much their standpoint is they just want, you know, anything that's not, you know, a two-legged mammal, you know, <laughs> take it out of yeah. the home. And it's just ridiculous. You know, and the thing that really got to me, though, was last time we had talked, you know, you, you guys, you know, the, yourselves, the python hunters and the, you know, however or so many more people are, that are down there in Florida working with this are actually working with Department of Fish and Game, you know, and all these government agencies. And it's like the federal government just basically, and this is my personal opinion, stumped their nose at you guys. Just yeah, pretty much, including, including the state. That's what I'm saying, is you guys are working with the Department of Fish and Game down there in Florida on a regular basis, and they just... You know, it was like it didn't even matter. You know, I think Florida, you know, we came together, like you said, and we worked hard. We worked diligently um, to get some changes made, to, to police our own actions, um, and to get something that both the state and the governor, um, you know, and the, the reptile people could live with. Right. And it ended up that, you know, they, they got put on a list where basically... Um, you know, the Burmese python, the, the um, African rocks, Niles, all of, all of those species that had been reptiles of concern. Mm -hmm. put on a list where you could still own them, but you couldn't own them unless you were a, um, basically a corporation, not even a corporation, unless you were a business entity. And that is a business entity as recognized by um, Florida Wildlife Commission, not by you know, the IRS. Right, um, right. So, you know, and we put in an educational component where in order to get that permit, you would have to, um, you know, show that you knew something about the animals. You knew how big they got, how much they weighed, what it would cost to feed them, right. size of enclosures. Basically, that background information everybody needs to know. Yeah, the natural history of the animal. Right. Exactly. And you know what? I think it was a great plan. Um, it, it, it took care of the vast majority of the issues that were out there. Very um, Exactly. And, and the federal government did exactly what you said. They basically set this in motion. They put this law into place in spite of all the work that the state of Florida that, you know, had done, that we had done with them. And in the face of all of the data that showed them... <laughs> That was going to be my next topic, Florida Park, you know, problem, and that's it. Yeah. And, you know, that's the other thing, too, was the 
quote unquote, you know, a lot of people are calling it junk science, but you know, I'm not a scientist, so I won't go that far. But even the papers that were presented by Gordon and uh, Rhoda, a lot of biologists came out and said, you guys are crazy. This is not accurate. And again, the federal government ignored them. I don't understand how, <laughs> it's like, how does, where did the legislation come into place that, you know, they were ignoring everyone else except for who was paying their pockets? I and mean, this is just insane to me. Well, here's the problem. <clears throat> when you have biologists in the USGS, U.S. Geological Service, that are being paid by the U.S. government to conduct a study and to compile so-called scientific data, right. you've got a conflict of interest. And that's exactly what happened. You had a set of biologists that were paid to produce an outcome instead of produce sound, unbiased data. Right. And, and as a biologist, as a scientist, to just be frank, that pisses me off. So now, what is the next step that keepers can do, either in Florida, outside of Florida, you know, what do, um, where do we go from here, basically, I guess is, you know, what everybody wants to know, and everybody wants to, you know, jump on the bandwagon of calling, every, you know, calling everybody names, and, you know, run the flag up on Washington, D.C., and stuff like that, and it's like, you know, <laughs> that's not the answer, folks, <laughs> so what are some options that we still have available to, you know, try to get something done where either this stops here or at least or, or you know even better yet we can repeal it if that's even a possibility I don't know it, it, it is a possibility um, there would have to be a, a, a lawsuit filed against the US Fish and Wildlife uh, Service basically Department of the Interior which is possible it happens all the time um, it would take big bucks um, but uh, you know that is something that could be done in this period um, between the announcement and, and when it is, you know, goes into effect. Um, but, you know, uh, besides that, I think one of the most important things that needs to be done is this should be a wake-up call for all those people who sat back and said it would never happen. Right. Because it just did. Yeah. And we all need to get on the same sheet of music and we need to realize that no matter whether you own a leopard gecko or a big constrictor, that you are on the list. Ultimately, you're on the list. Right. It's just a matter of time of them getting around to it. Yeah. And you know the definition of exotic animal, you know, is you know from you know being a scientist yourself is so broad. I mean, you if you want to get you know nasty about it. There's not, you know, an animal kept as a pet that's, you know, not an exotic pretty much in the United States anymore. Yeah, no, and, and that's a serious thing, and, I, and, and that's exactly right, and what I was going to say was that, and it's not just the reptile breeders. Every yeah. reptile keeper, breeder, enthusiast, hobbyist needs to talk to their friends that are also pet owners mm -hmm. and say, hey, man, you have a you know you have a fish pet store or you keep ornamental fish or you keep a marine reef tank you know yeah. or you have ferrets or 
need to spread this message beyond the reptile community and get everybody involved and make everybody realize that these people are coming for it all. You know, and that is how we need to get our numbers up. That is how we need to work together, you know, and also how we need to educate and continue to educate, um, you know, the general masses about what we do. Yeah. You know, and then the other thing, too, is uh, it's constantly happening now. You see these quality shows, you know, like uh, Skunk Whisperer, uh, was one that just recently, you know, uh, got canceled by Animal Planet, and then you have all these other ones that are replacing them, like the, whoever the turtle guy is, <laughs> and you know, just these junk shows that represent animals in a bad light. You know that you know a crocodile will chase you, you know, for twenty yards. You know, and it's like, what the hell? This is crap. They, they not only represent animals in a bad light, they represent humanity in a bad light, and that's right. a bad mix. Yeah. These shows have become spectacles, you know, in lieu of traveling circuses, and I, I'm serious about that. Oh, no, I know, I know. And, you know, and, you know, the, John, there's one more thing I want to say. I want to make sure that I get it in here. Sure. Because... This ban, for those people who may not be in tune to what's been going on over the last couple of years with this Python situation, this ban will not solve one problem with regards to the feral Burmese python population in South Florida. Yep. If anything, it has the ability to exacerbate it. Right. Because now this ban has just made these named large constrictors worthless. And not only worthless, they now take on a negative value because they have to be fed. You've got to spend money to heat them, you know, and that is dangerous. Right. That is dangerous. And this ban is going to exacerbate it. And it certainly will not solve one problem associated with that population. And they knew that. We went to them. We testified in front of Congress to that effect. We met with Bill Nelson's chief of staff and talked about that to that effect. We met with the director. We met with Ken Salazar himself and his deputy director. And they all know this, but they have a political agenda they're being pushed by multi-million dollar lobbyist groups, you know, and it is all about the vote. It has nothing to do with your rights, right. and and that is dangerous ball game that we are playing in the United States of America today. That's just sickening. Now, you know, that's something that uh, uh, a couple of colleagues and myself were talking about, of, uh, you know, okay, who's actually up there talking to... Congress, besides, you know, we hear different organizations going to Congress and, you know, saying that, you know, we're fighting for your privileges to keep reptiles and stuff like that. What, you know, now that I, because I had forgotten that you had actually been up to Congress, I think you had talked about that in our last interview. Um, what does it take to actually get somebody in front of Congress besides a plane ticket to Washington, D.C.? To 
that you're in front of Congress to testify, you have to be invited. That's what I thought. Okay. By the Congress to testify. Okay. So yeah, in this free nation of ours, we can't just show up and and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and speak our mind in front of Congress. Huh, um, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So now on to greener pastures. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Python hunters. When is it? Uh, when do we see the new new shows coming out? You know, we we finished filming. Um, in early December, season three. Okay. Uh, so the filming is wrapped. Um, we're doing editing right now. Okay. And I, I can tell you this. We don't have a, a date, but it's probably going to be somewhere around the first part of March. Yeah. Um, and I know that's a long wait, but it it will be worth the wait. I'm sure, because I saw that yourself and uh, some other individuals were doing some uh, serious traveling. So <laughs> we, we, uh, <laughs> we went there along with you. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, and I'll tell you, it's, it's going to be bang up. We kind of spread this out, um, and there's something for everybody in it. We go to Costa Rica, oh, nice. and we're chest deep in the waters with crocodiles. Uh, you know, we're in the jungles catching venomous snakes. We go from there. I bring the boys down to my place in the Amazon basin of Peru, wow. and uh, we do black caiman, spectacle caiman, anaconda, bushmasters. You know, you name it, we do it upright. We went to Australia for a month. Wow. We went to Guam, Thailand. I mean, it is it is a bang-up uh, season. Awesome. And in, in my opinion, I think it's going to blow the other two seasons out of the water. It, it's, uh, like I said, it's going to be worth the wait. Awesome, awesome. Well, Sean, I don't want to keep you, sir, because I know you've got multiple uh, snakes and, you know, <laughs> other crocs and everything else running around to take care of. Um, by the way, I wanted to say uh, congratulations once again to Thorne, uh, your son. On his recent yeah. accomplishment, um, yeah, he uh, he's a good kid. He's uh, not only is he an upcoming herper, but he's smart as a tack. So uh, I'm proud of him. Good job. All right, folks. So there you have it, straight from the uh, python's mouth, as it were. Uh, Sean Heflick of Python Hunters, uh, not only talking about what we can do as a community, you know, the community outreach thing. Once again, it's the biggest thing that you know. I have personally always uh, proposed is educate the public whether they like snakes or not. You've got to educate people, reduce the fear of the snakes, what have you. Uh, look for, of course, Sean Heflick, uh, Michael Cole, and uh, Greg um, in the upcoming season of Python Hunters on Nat Geo Wild. And once again, we are, of course, brought to you by Herpeticulture House Ezine. That's herphousemag.com. Drop on by. Uh, check out the recent, the 2011 annual. Uh, please do subscribe. Uh, we live for your subscriptions. Basically, this is how we put this magazine out there. Uh, more content, less advertisement. There's only one page advertisement in every single magazine, and the only advertisements in there are those of the writers themselves. So please do help out your local herpers. Um, it's written for her, uh, reptile people by reptile people. It's the only digital uh, reptile magazine out there. And with that, we will see you next week in the Reptile Living Room. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>